This is JFM Podcast. Beautiful morning to you then. Thank you so much for choosing J101.9 FM. You're on to the show. Let's talk your political and current affairs shows that brings to you um, trending issues in Nigeria and try to, you know, put the spotlight on them and try to make sense out of all of these things. Um, welcome to the show. My name is Abigail Seaman. And um, the economy, why the turbulence triggered by Tinubu's um, stoppage of petrol subsidy in his first hour in office rambled ahead midweek when the pump price per litre rose from 500 to 617 naira. Inevitably, this provoked further hikes in transportation costs and general inflation. Now, the National Bureau of Statistics suggests impending record high food inflation this month, and it had risen from 22.85% in May to 25.25% by June, which is a 2.4% increase. Now, the NBS cited higher prices of cereal, bread, oil and fat, fish, meat, potatoes, tubers, vegetables, milk, eggs, and cheese, actually. And market surveys suggest that um, the inflation rates are actually higher than the official data. Now, in the urban centers, many commuters have taken to trekking to and fro from work and markets in the face of the prohibitive transport fares. And we'll try to make sense out of that. Well, welcome to the show this morning. But I'm not alone. I'm joined by Mika Omisi. Mika, lovely morning to you. Good morning, Abigail. Good morning to our listener. Good morning to everyone out there. It's a beautiful Monday morning, like I always say. And like you mentioned, today's conversation is on the economy. However, before we talk about the economy, um, we mentioned something today on the newspaper review, which has to do with the Lagos State government mm. coming out to clarify a very interesting word there that the 103 persons mass burial they would conduct in Lagos are not for people from the lake he told it and i find it very disrespectful i find it's quite inhumane that legal state government the federal government and the people in power have consistently denied that lake he it happened i also find it quite unfair and disrespectful to us as nigerians and people who were there and from the videos we saw and everything that happened that the government would push this narrative three years on that nothing happened and stand by it i also find it disrespectful that we think that because it is politics that we think because people want to get into power they can say and do whatever they like i also find it very disrespectful that I would let young people die and do not do them the honors of at least respecting them by selling the stories as it is it's um it's a, it's a it's a country where things happen where people do things that they do and we give them excuses for it. It's also a country where histories are forgotten, where histories are rewritten, and everybody moves on like nothing happens. But I'm 
say, saying to the federal government, saying to Nigerians and young people out there, we cannot forget what we've go, what we've gone through, what yeah. we're going through. Mm. We cannot let people tell us what we experienced that is a lie. Like we said this morning, it's like when you experience something, somebody tells you you didn't experience it. Oh, for example, you you feel stomach ache and tell you you're not feeling anything. It's 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 it it shows that what they're trying to say to you is you are not real, and whatever I'm telling you is what is real. And I think that is unfair to us. We should not accept sort of narrative. But to all the lives lost, to those ones who have been identified, those ones not identified. I would say our hearts are with you. Yes. Um, we're also saying that the struggle that we started, we are going to bring it to an end. We're not going to let the country go to go to the dogs. We'll ensure in every way we can, legally, to ensure that Nigeria works in our generation. We cannot continue to pretend like the country is good. It isn't. People are working. People have become... Um, Proponents, yeah, they are, they are, they become preachers of good health, not because they want to. Because, yo, they have to stay optimistic no about all other issues. Yeah, I, I saw, I saw, I saw pictures and videos in Lagos of people walking. These mornings, when you come to your office before before it gets KK, you have to stop like seven. No, only it's, one. It's empty. It's empty, and the streets are actually empty. And the government will always want to, as usual, downplay the feelings of Nigerians mm-hmm. and make it look like they are not really going through anything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, oh, it's just a phase. It's just a phase, How yes. long are we going to stay in this phase? In, in, in the words of uh, Mr. Well, former governor of Edo State, his name eludes me now, like he said yesterday. Is, um, um, for example, I met Oh, that's his Oshomole. Uh, hey, ha, comrade. He, <laughs> funnily enough, my comrade doesn't wear his green cap anymore. <laughs> now he wears white, white hats. Uh-huh. That's changed, that's rebranded. It's for purity. So white I don't know what that, white, what that white should stand for. <laughs> you know, they always say white stands for purity. So yeah. the comrade has left his comradeship. It's now, it's, now, it's now a representative of the people. So he's uh-huh. now wearing white hat. Like he said, the president cannot walk magic. Mm. And understandable, no president can walk magic. No, we're not even expecting... I don't think Nigerians are expecting that you put a magic wand over the country and things change overnight. We're only expecting common sense and common economic policies. But hey, here we are. And like they said, we'll get there. The NEC has met and um, they've brought out some things that they think would help us to deal with this. Oh, we're hoping. Good morning, people. Good morning. And just to help us to look into this issue and for that and to see um, um, if some of the economic policies are what we should be applauding right now or should there be a review of some of those policies and just so that Nigerians can finally breathe for maybe the longest of time and to help us do that um, Dr. Dagwam Dang who is a senior lecturer and head of the Department of Public Sector Accounting is right here with us a lovely morning to you welcome to the show yeah thank you good morning listener well, it's good to have you here. It's good to have an expert's view of all of this. Um, and that is what I want us to begin with, your view um, when it comes to the price, um, the hike in the price of PMS and also the hike in, as we're seeing, in food stuff, the hike in school fees, the hike in almost everything. Um, I just wanted to get your view on this. What does this mean for Nigerians going on? Because it seems like, in quotes, they're letting the poor breathe. It doesn't seem like the poor is breathing anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think you are strangling the poor. Mm. Because uh, instead of them, instead of us to allow them to breathe, we are trying to strangle them the more. Mm. But you see, uh, there are some things that um, 
you cannot avoid. Like the removal of the subsidy, you cannot avoid that. Understandable. Uh, but we believe that that will have been done long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, the current government fought it when the good luck Jonathan wanted to remove it, and then I think it will have been over by now. Uh, but we found that the impact now is so heavy on the people, mm-hmm. common man, and. Um, that is why you find that you you hear a lot of uh, populist uh, opinion that uh, people are suffering and so on and so forth. Um, the economic policies of the current government quite okay. Some are laudable. Some are, are like um, we need to ask, ask more questions mm. and so on and so forth. Um, but by and large, you find that what we're experiencing today, uh, because it is an economy whereby you have and. Uh, you have a situation, you have a system that you have interrelated uh, elements in, yeah. in, in, in the system or interrelated economic uh, agents uh, that uh, interdepend or interrelate with each sure other. That. So uh, whenever something happens to one of the economic agents, definitely it affects the it other. Affect others. Mm. Uh, so you can see one of the economic uh, variables is, is issue of transportation. Mm. Uh, so the hike in the petroleum price uh, has really affected transportation Transportation, in which transportation affects other elements too. That's very true. Economy. And that's why we have this uh, hike in the food prices mm. and so on and so forth. Almost everything is going up. In fact, mm. uh, so, uh, myself too, I went to uh, the LG uh, showroom here, very close. Yeah. Uh, in fact, a TV that I saw that was 327,000 naira. After uh, two days, it became 347,000 naira. Interesting. 20,000 naira on top of added, it. Added, yeah. added to it. So you can see it is affecting almost everything that we do. Uh, school fees, uh, school fees, I think I escaped uh, 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 one of my, I mean, uh, side of the school fees I pay mm. uh, my children who are in primary school I decide to pay their first term next session school fees before now and I paid and you, you'll be surprised that the price now as uh, of has today increased, of course. has so increased now, yes. what they now give us now it was supposed to be 70 per child now mm-hmm. but I was able to pay 65 500 because I paid earlier earlier so now parents are going to pay now we'll be paying about 70, 70. Mm. And now let's let's talk about something. Now the government, I mean, lots of people have questioned some of the so-called cushioning effects that the um, the present administration has put in place, which uh, the palliative and all other things. Now Nigerians have said, and other public opinions have said, um, this should have come way earlier than when they were re- removing the subsidy or those things should have been put in place first. Do you share with our school of thought? Are you saying that these things or this measure should have come first before the removal of the subsidy? Let me talk a little bit like a politician mm. uh, because obviously I think I have sympathy for PDP. Um, I-, I think this is the first time or oh, the APC removal because even the Buhari's removal, mm. Pasha removal, you find that there were no Effects. You've not, he has not, he didn't outline. There was no plan. I don't there think no there, were, there, were, there were plans, there were plan. yes. And still with this government, with the second APC government, to no plan. Just on your swearing in, you decided to make a policy statement which is very, very strong mm. without having any plan of 
trying to stabilize the economy or trying to now uh, cater for the after effect of mm-hmm. any policy There was change. a backlash on that. People saying that that was a unilateral decision. He didn't take anybody else's yes, decision. because there should be a plan. But you find mm-hmm. that for the PDP government, the partial removal or whatever, you find that they will have a strong plan on how, in fact, on how to even use the the the, the amount that will be removed from the from the petroleum price. Mm. That's the subsidy that will be removed. The portion of the subsidy that will be removed. What will be reinvested into the economy? Which is a lot of so people now say, okay, we've removed the subsidy, but this portion that we're subsidizing the petroleum products should be used for this particular thing. So that we now see the actual usage of the amount that mm. was being paid as subsidy. So PDP has been doing that, but the APC, I don't know why. Mm. Uh, yes, we've seen that, yes, what will now be coming from the Federation account to, to the Federating units will be higher. Yes, for some of us that are, that, 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 that are professionals, we know that definitely mm. it is the effect of the removal quite okay. But now, what do you do with that? You can see during uh, Good Luck Jonathan, mm. he, he brought about the short P that we remove this and then this portion of the subsidy that is being paid mm. will be taken to reinvest into the economy by uh, 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 buses or these big buses yes. See how to ease transportation or in fact he, he left it for the states but the federal government's portion will be used to ease the effect of the uh, uh, the subsidy removal. So if if I get you right, are you are you are you trying to say that people of the APC are not strategic thinkers? They just go ahead and say things and not strategically they are plan. Not, they are very very intelligent guys there, but I think uh, probably uh, in terms of the um, subsidy removal economics, I think they are not getting it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the removal itself, but the effect of the removal on the masses. Mm-hmm. So you, because you have to now check. Any policy change, you have to see what is the impact on the common man. So do you feel, do you feel like they consulted economists? Do you feel like they consulted um, even fellow Nigerians? Do you think they consulted the major stakeholders when they were coming up with um, when the president made that declaration on the first day of his of his um, inauguration? You know, certainly, you know, they did not consult because that was the. First so, what, what would have been different if they did? Uh, what would have been different is to see, okay, how do we now cushion the effect of the removal? Mm. Do we buy buses and send them to states? Do we see whether we can give what he's trying to propose now, give it 8,000 uh, per household? Or do we have to plan and see, okay, what will now happen? Because now he removed the subsidy on the 29th May. Mm. And up till this moment, people are suffering without any cushioning. A measure, so you can see there's no planning, mm. and uh, he didn't consult because he wasn't the president before May 29. So he, he, he cannot consult. So I try to say he didn't see himself becoming president, but he he went around campaigning, he saying campaigned it's, quite okay, but it, it's his mean, turn. So, so everybody thought that for somebody I mean, to come out and campaign like that, you're probably ready. For the what? consultation mm. would just be his inner calculus and maybe his party. But mm. you know, becoming the president is a different thing. You've become the president of this country, so you consult not only your party members, but if sure. you consult widely. Mm. So after swearing in. Will have consulted, mm. and the most were at that time that he took over. You know that the Buhari's government said that a subsidy will remain until June, and what they told us that they've budgeted until ending of June. 
So he will have taken that opportunity and see for the one month after his wedding to see how he can uh, uh, plan for the removal. You can see. Uh, you know the effect on the society. Yeah, we're seeing it. Everyone is, is feeling the bite. Right. Um, like you said, the effect of society is clear for everyone to see. Yeah. However, the um, National Economic Council came out recently to give some of the things, you know, some of the palliative measures that they have put in place that they are trying to put in place rather to ease the burden on Nigerians. One of them is the money to be distributed. We had heard before that was eight thousand naira, but the NEC had also said that the register formed the Bari-led administration wasn't to be trusted and they are working on distributing that money to state governments and basically to understand what data state has in terms of the poor price of the poor like they often say and how it will be distributed there are also other things to be done provision of transport cutting cost of governance which is a very vague word that we often use in this part of the country from your opinion do you think that the palliative measures from what they have said they will do Again, we are only going to talk about what they have said. They haven't done it yet. From what they have said they will do, would the palliative measures be enough to cushion the effects on the economy? Or are we putting bandage over a deep wound? See, um, the night met and they came out with their resolutions after their meeting, uh, in which those are the things you really reel out uh, for us to uh, deliberate on. You see, but... Uh, Honestly, shifting the issue of the palliative to states. Yes. Most states do not have data on their citizens, mm. residents, let me put it that way. Most states don't have data. So for you to know the poorest of the poor, by states, I don't think we're going to achieve that. Mm. And the fact that if you give it to the states, sometimes they have their own issues. Okay, for instance, in Plateau State, we've not paid salaries for, for some time. Yes. Uh, and there's no money. Uh, and then you're giving us money. What do you think we're going to do with it? Mm-hmm. We're trying to see how we can settle salaries. Definitely. You understand. Uh, and if there's a contractor, in fact, the last government, you know, eve of them leaving the office, mm. uh, there was a, a reform that was made by the federal government on the, you know, federal roads construction. That you find that what happened to it? We just came, they shared, you know, in the eve of uh, Governor Mufan taking over, they shared the money and they shared the money to themselves as uh, part of uh, their severance packages. Mm. So you can see that it has been channeled to that purpose instead of it to be reinvested into infrastructure. So they even paid some contractors because there is a you know, in Nigeria, you definitely have the kickback that is coming back to some of the gov- government officials. Mm. So, what I'm saying is that when you leave it to the states, sometimes they have their most needing both pressing needs. Pressing so, so what, what, what do you think gov- the federal government should do in this situation? Because, like you said, some of them would might use money to pay salaries if they have backlog of salaries. Yeah. I also remember um, Chukuma Suludo, um, former governor, former federal governor of Anambra states, also made mention of how states, when given these monies, might have to use it to offset some of their bills. If the states are not cannot be trusted with the with the right data, like you said. What then is the solution for palliatives? And do you also believe that the planned palliatives will be enough to cushion the effect? Or are you of the opinion that we should instead use that money for something else instead of the cash transfers to, to households? Personally, I am not uh, a socialist. 
so any socialist uh, palliative and not for it because it's not sustainable uh, when you give cash transfer is a socialist palliative uh, you know that it's not sustainable you give it for six months uh, eight eight thousand you know the initial yes. Uh, yes. proposal eight thousand for each household uh, to the poorest of the poor for six months uh, spending about five hundred or something billion naira for six months you can take this money and see how you can contribute or intervene in terms of production within these local communities. Uh, for instance, you can uh, give them 8,000 and see what they can do, whether they can fry a car, you understand, whether they can do a, 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 a certain economic venture that will be sustainable, you know, after six months. They will, they will continue in business, they will continue having something. Rather than you just giving a household for them to just spend and everybody give them eight eight thousand. Why don't you just even look at okay the eight 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 thousand for six months? Okay, look, give me a proposal that you can do, a, a micro business that you can do, and then you follow up by monitoring them, trying to see. But but this but this micro business idea was done five thousand era and trade money. Did it work? And he didn't. Yeah, and did the trade money work? Sometimes mm-hmm. the monitoring of those kind of interventions are very very poor, and you can see the sincerity from partner from the. From the, from from that side of the government, it's not there. Uh, when, when, when you say sincerity, what do you mean exactly? I mean issue. I mean transparency and accountability. Is it corruption? Corruption is, uh, uh, in fact, uh, from the course I did in London School of Economics, they define corruption as um, discretion plus monopoly minus accountability. But these monies were given, weren't they? So they were given, but you see the accountability on the part of government, you find that they know the people that they gave them and uh, they did not really seek for, because by the time that you, you intervene, you should seek accountability from even the person you gave the money to. Okay, so so you, we are from, the, from the trader monies, failure or success, whichever one anybody be, um, believes in, mm. the reason why it didn't work was because there were, there were no accountability from the government. From the government and even from uh, the government to have a model that even those ones given the money to do the business will be accountable to. Okay. All right, now, you, also, you, you made mention of you not being a believer of social, social incentives yeah. in, the, in an economy. However, even the most capitalist of economists also have social in- interventions. Yeah, they, 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 do you know something? The issue of cash transfer is, is even from the World Bank. Okay. Uh, so, but my opinion, when you have it, you know, like all these Asian countries, they normally have this cash transfer. It's an intervention that has been proposed by the World Bank. But you see, how you do it, and you look at the impact, the sustainability, probably some of them do that and see other interventions to sustain these people. But okay. when you see, it's, it's a one-off thing. So, so you, your, your book, Cash Transfer Solely, does not solve anything? It doesn't solve, it, it's just uh, in a short uh, term. But you find that this is not sustainable. So there's no sustainability in it. Okay. Um, you get back to where you were. Mm, inter- uh, interesting. In, in terms of the economy, like, we, like we've all seen, the economy is terrible. Um, inflation numbers are high, prices of foods are getting worse. But some people had argued prior, especially when the Naira was floated, that with the Naira being floated, we see a lot of FDIs coming to the country. We haven't seen anything yet, of course. It was just the early days. But with the Naira floating, with, non- with um, subsidy removed, is there hope 
in the next month or two that our foreign direct investment will improve because we know that if there's improved fdi would have more jobs would have more technical abilities more value to the economy is there any hope from your experience and what you know that would have better fdi to sort of help us buffer this falling economy right now you see like um so far so good uh, yeah, as I said, being uh, someone who is sympathetic to the opposition party at the national level, uh, but I can see, see, see some sense in some of the economic policies of the Tinibu. Um, you see, even the presidential committee on the fiscal policy and tax reforms, mm. uh, you know, it's a laudable uh, policy to make sure that uh, uh, multiple taxes have been uh, Resolved uh, so that it will definitely incentivize uh, foreign direct investment into the country. Okay. Uh, you see, there are two ways that the foreigners invest into a country: either through foreign direct investment or foreign portfolio investment. Okay. Um, maybe for the audience, let me uh, differentiate these two investments into the country. For the investments into the country, the foreign direct investment is the investment of foreigners into the country by them having. Uh, an established or a legal entity called a company uh, to operate in uh, uh, in Nigeria. Okay. But foreign portfolio investment is a situation whereby a foreigner invests in shares of a company, not uh, establishing a new company to carry out to carry out business. But uh, there's a capital inflow coming in into the stock market and buy some shares and get into some other businesses. Mm. But foreign direct investment is the foreigner coming to the country, getting licenses and everything to establish a company to operate in this country. Mm. So and uh, why we 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 preach more of the foreign direct investment is because when a foreigner comes in and have a company, uh, you find that so many things will, will trickle, uh, trickle down. Trickle down. Uh, in terms of uh, economic growth, definitely because there will be production of goods and services. Two, in terms of reducing unemployment in the country, which is very, very key. Three, is uh, looking at the price stability by affecting the foreign exchange because they're bringing in dollars into the country that will now have more of the supply of dollars that will, might price down the uh, exchange rate. Mm. Uh, three, because they're bringing in money so it can even affect the interest rate, which is uh, still a matter of price stability. Uh, and then four, even the issue of balance of payments will pursue the favorable balance of payments side. So, And that's why we preach the foreign direct investment. But you see, the policy is so far so good. As I said, bringing Tayo Edele, which is uh, someone that I respect so much in the physical policy and tax environment, uh, as the chairman of the presidential committee on the fiscal policy and tax, I feel that uh, um, after the work of that committee, uh, we'll definitely see how we can trim down some of the uh, tax exposure of investors in this country. Uh, you know, this is a country that will have multiplicity of taxes that are being paid by investors, which sometimes it, it, those multiplicity of taxes scare the investors. And uh, it's one thing that is affecting our foreign direct investment. Another thing, again, um, that I can now get it on the government, they are slow in trying to now get that strategic level of uh, uh, management of the country. What am I trying to say? They are still slow in bringing in ministers. Ministers are strategic. Uh, pump sites are, are there. They are not at that strategic level of bringing policies. Ministers are the ones coming up with policies. So, and uh, what kills an economy is the issue of uncertainty uh, because you don't know the 
overall policy direction until when ministers are there, they'll see it and come up with the agriculture policy, the transportation policy, the, the, the economic policy, and so on and so forth, health policy, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, we know that we have some policies that, that, that can be rolled back or they're still rolling because uh, we've not changed them. Uh, but, you know, most of the economic policies of last government ended with the last government. Uh, yeah. Just like in Plateau State, just like in Plateau State, we have the PSDS, which is the Plateau State Development Strategy. Yes. Uh, it was 2019 to 2023, so it ended with the last government. So we're expecting another uh, development policy by this government, which they, 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 they came out with it, I think, about two weeks back or so. Yeah. The committee submitted that report. I think it's about 300 and something pages uh, that I think media too should try and interrogate that so that we can have it. Because it is an economy, and that economy is made up of three tiers of government federal government, state government, and, and the local, local governments. governments. And they must have policies that will build the economy. And that is why I find that the indices that are being ruled out by National Bureau of Statistics, uh, you have them by state level and by federal level. Uh, for instance, like um, if you're talking about multi-dimensional poverty index, you find that at the federal level, that we have about 66 point something percent. Yes. But at state level, we have about 84 point something percent. So you can see the government must work hard and see how they can, uh, you know, and they work and reduce some of those bad uh, economic indices. But at state level, we have about 84 point something percent. So you can see the government must work hard and see how they can, uh, you know, and they work and reduce Hello, some of those good morning. Bad, uh, Economic oh, hi, morning. morning. So joining us right now on the show is uh, Mr. Akin Olaoye, who is joining us via the telephone lines this morning. Can you hear us? Hello. Good morning. Morning. So joining us right now on the show is uh, Mr. Akin Olaoye, who is joining us via the telephone lines this morning. Can you hear us? Hello. Good morning. All right, we'll try to get him back on the line and then we'll continue the show. Um, just, I wanted to actually, sorry to cut you short, Dr. Dagwa. Um, a lot of people have criticized the kind of um, economy that we have, which is solely dependent on crude oil. A lot of people have said that if we can branch off into other sectors, it would ease the pain that we're going through right now. Do you share such sentiments? Seriously, I share that sentiment. I, when I was in school, I think there's uh, this debate around the black gold, you know, crude oil is black gold. Black gold that, yes. uh, that, uh, uh, that the, um, which word do I want to use? Like the, the, you know, the black gold that Nigeria has gotten, whether it is a blessing or, or a curse. curse. So that is the debate that was happening around that time. You find that to me, I see it as more of a curse than a blessing. What am I trying to say? Uh, to Nigeria, because we don't utilize uh, that overvalue side of the economy to invest into the economy. So what I'm saying that is a cause is that it has really, really affected our thinking as a people in this country. Instead of us to be creative, we're not creative. We're waiting for the handouts to, to be collected in Abuja every month. So states are not even creative to see how they can expand their economy, diversify their economy to get revenue, but rather than they stay on getting what is coming from the Federation account, mm. from the crude oil sales, in which it has made our economy a monolithic economy, seriously depending on crude oil. States and even the federal government too are now working out to see how they can diversify. When you see any policy will come up with 
agriculture, whatever. Mm. You see, we still depend on the crude oil sales that is coming. And whenever the crude oil, now crude oil has gone up, in which it has even affected the PMS uh, prices because, you know, the cost of production has gone up for the refineries. So it will affect the economy. But again, going up of that crude oil price, it has affected our revenue. It has taken our revenue up too yes. because we sell the crude oil. We buy the refined oil. So we sell the crude oil to the refineries. They refine the crude oil. So when they're selling to us, their cost of production is higher. Mm. Therefore, their prices will definitely be higher. All so, right. Sorry to sorry to cut you short. Um, I don't know if uh, Mr. Akinolaye can hear us. If he can actually unmute your mic. Yes, I can hear you. Good All morning. right. Thank you so much. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Mr. Akinolaye is joining us via the phone line, who is a former ex-management um, with the KPMG in the USA. A lovely morning to you and welcome to the show this morning. Thanks for having me. All right. So let's let's get to the meat of the conversation quickly. It has to do with the Nigerian economy. And just um, yesterday, um, Friday, actually, um, the FX window has the dollar um, to a naira at about 876. And we're, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know if in the coming days it would increase. What does this mean for our economy, the Nigerian economy, actually? So... Um I'm glad to be on your program once more. Thank so you, when Steve. you look at the um, you know, scarcity of FX and the high demand, mm-hmm. um, which again puts pressure on the supply side, which is non-existent, you know, and I use the word non-existent loosely because our um, crude oil sales, uh, foreign earnings, exports is not meeting the inflow of required effects to satisfy market demands mm. it creates pressure it equally leads to inflation yeah and because you now have a situation where you have your economy basically relying on the u.s dollar for imports uh, for services you know um let's even go down to the accusation you hear that nigerians are unnecessarily putting pressure on the uh, on on the FX of uh, market, I, I I think there's a lot of misconceptions hmm. that have been promoted, depending on you know what uh, political divide or perhaps uh, you know uh, business community one belongs to. This, the long and short of it is the fact that we just cannot keep up. Hmm. Equally, where we have dollars that could have fulfilled market needs. You have policies, financial policies by the CBN, yeah. by the federal government, mm. that equally just makes it, uh, you know, extremely difficult and unnecessary bureaucratic red tape. So where am I going? Let's take the fact that as a young Nigerian, mm. you want to set up a website. Yeah. You want to buy a domain name for $9.99. Prior to last week, before the bank started, lifting the hole they had on dollar purchases using naira cards i had to go find ten dollars so i would just walk outside to the bank bank would tell me you know, there's no dollar then i call a relative i go look for a black market vendor that would tell me the dollars central bank previously was advertising for 462 yeah but not selling the black market operator selling for 750 and for every dollar that shows up in the in the black market, I am trying to get ten dollars. You're trying to get a hundred dollars. It's now forcing Nigerians where we have had serious transactions about debit cards through our bank accounts to pay these online vendors. We are now sourcing. So you look at all of that pressure. Mm-hmm. Many times people just oh, we are not manufacturing enough. No, it doesn't 
end and stop with manufacturing. Smart policies can really get us out of this tough situation of financial. So what, what, kind of, what kind of smart policies are you talking about? What kind of smart policies can get us out of this whole rising inflation and um, the our economy going through its uh, spiral? It's, it's almost looking like it's a roller coaster that we're facing right here in the country. So it, it's a mix. It's a mix of uh, of things, right? So mm-hmm. the first things first. Let's talk about foreign direct investments. Yeah. If I'm a if I'm an investor sitting in Abu Dhabi or San Francisco, and I want to come and pump money into the next unicorn, as we call them, uh, in the tech ecosystem. Yeah. Say you know you, you 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 come up with a device that allows farmers in rural plateau rather than transporting their uh, their, their crops from the marketplace to simply send some type of notification to a warehouse that picks up their tomatoes or their corn or their potatoes mm. and distributes it to a larger market. Let's say I want to come to Nigeria and invest $40 million in a startup that would again solve that market need, right? Yes. You have a country where there's little to no confidence in you know the government and the laws. Mm. Is my money protected? Can I extract my investment when it's due? So if I look, if I go online and I say, well, let me see how foreign entities, let me take an airline that operates in Nigeria, United Airlines, you take Emirates, mm. or you will take Delta, yeah. and they've made $60 million in, in ticket sales the last three months, and they're online complaining to IATA that all of their ticket sales must be domiciled in Nigerian bank accounts. The Nigerian government is unable to repatriate their $60 million. How would you feel as, a, as an investor in California, I also put forty million dollars in a startup in Plateau. You start feeling very apprehensive. So, yeah. that, you know, so it, it, it's just it's it's a, it's, a, it's a myriad of issues plaguing Nigeria. I'm hoping we get it right. Uh, you would have probably seen some gestures by this administration. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really have a lot of confidence in with being able to solve this problem. But let's even assume that we're, we're, we're putting smart policies in place. We're playing at the global level where we're giving a Nigerian sitting in their house in Kafanchan or in Umuahia the ability to transact online like their peers in every other nation. You start seeing an economy that, again, spurs growth. An economy where people feel truly hopeful that, okay, you know what? I'm going to put in my 5000 I'll get my 8000 out. But we have government policies by the last administration that was so bad that, you know, investment even by Nigerians in Nigeria was not even something people were looking to do. So the economy began to contract. So I can go on and on and on and on. Yeah. I don't want to sit here and, you know, bore you with too many details. But <laughs> sure, let's go ahead. All right. Um Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, Bismarck Fawani, an economist, said that the economy policies of the president will take at least a year for us to see the effects. Do you share such sentiments or are you of the same opinion as many Nigerians that the policies we have seen right now from what we have been told would not change much come a year or two from now? So, at the end of the day, um, it comes down to how people feel. And I say this with all sense of seriousness. You will not look at a country like Nigeria and say, oh, I would implement policy X and within two weeks, I should get, you know, uh, Y plus one in results. Mm. It will be unfair to have that kind of expectation. But again, there are signals that the investment community, that a lot of um, foreign entities often look at to say, are these people truly serious 
in achieving the results that these policies are aimed at. Let me give you uh, a very good scenario. So you tell me that you want to pump 70 billion into the economy by offering the money as uh, what we call uh, operating cost to your House of Assembly and House of Rep members. You're going to, you're, you've been borrowing money. So this money you borrowed, let's assume you're going to print Naira to meet that need. The 70 billion, I now start digging and I say, okay, you're going to carry this debt on the books. A country that says it's broke, a country that its dollar is, its Naira cannot compete against the dollar. 70 billion, what are they going to use the money for? They're going to take the 70 billion. Where you don't have US dollars, they're going to go look for US dollars to procure SUVs for House of Rep members. Mm. So this Naira that we say is not so strong, that we borrowed dollars to fund our economy, probably build infrastructure, other things, we're going to take the same money to go buy dollars, put pressure on the FX market to import Prado Jeeps, Lexus Jeeps, and all kinds of luxuries. You now start asking yourself, a country that the average citizen survives on less than a dollar a day will spend, hear me out, an average of yeah. $50,000 to $100,000 per SUV for a House of Rep member for these constituencies where people live on less than a dollar a day. So if mm-hmm. I'm a foreign investor, if I'm a foreign entity, I start looking at you like, you know what, perhaps where I could offer relief or perhaps push investment your way, it only shows seriousness. So you're still stuck in that same hole. Yes, you claim to be doing things that will spur your economy, that will give your currency value, but you're making policy decisions. You're going on expenditures that you can't afford, and you just basically tell me that you're not serious. So it's like a customer walking to a bank and saying, give me a, a, a hundred thousand dollar loan. I want to start a business. But then I look at the customer, and at the same at the desk where the customer is filling out the form mm. to collect hundred thousand <laughs> loan to start the business, the customer is on the phone yes. with the relative saying, Oh, don't worry, I'll send you eighty thousand naira to you know to fund my birthday party. Mm. It doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well 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 uh, Mr. Akin, before we finally let you go, so Nigerians should tighten up their belt for more hardship or um what what do you say? You know, I, I'll be very honest. Yeah. Um uh, is anyone capable of predicting the next three to six months? I don't think so. Mm. Uh, when they passed the policies, you know, with uh, dropping the fixed rates with the CBN and operating on uh, uh, a, a, a unified currency floats, as they call it, I feel that's a very bad idea. Mm. Uh, um, rather than the dollar crashing, the dollar has skyrocketed. Yes. Uh, as of today, in the black market, dollar is trading for close to 900 or, or, or more. Interesting. Uh, I'm only going to see that dollar rise mm. for the next few weeks or months. Uh, are we going to export more crude oil? Are we going to export more you know, locally manufactured goods? Uh, you're not going to create these things out of thin air. True, we have, true. you know, it, uh, you know, very erratic power supply. So can our industries, can, can entrepreneurs, can people who truly, again, use ingenuity of, you know, uh, entrepreneurship to help, you know, uh, boost, uh, you know, local production? Mm. I don't think so. So you're not going to create miracles out of clouds, you know, and hope that problems go away. Mm. I think people should tighten their belts. Right. And I truly hope this government gets it right. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Akin Olaye, for being on the show this morning with us. All right. Um, Thanks for having me. 
Thank you so much. We'll open the phone lines right now for you to be a part of the conversation this morning. It seems like Nigerians have to tighten their belts, Dr. Dagwam, for, for more um, harder days to come. But we're hoping that um, in all of this, I think one of the things that Nigerians know how to do is to stay happy in situations. They find the we're, things we're that... Blessed. We're blessed. That. <laughs> we're blessed. Is that, that a blessing or a curse? We're, we're blessed. We, <laughs> like we kind of, we like kind of look away are, from it. Try to, try to avoid any BP rising. Yeah, and all, and you know, all of and that. So forth. So we just mm. make ourselves happy, Suff- suffering and smiling. Yeah, I think yeah. that that's what we do. Fell off with his yeah. mm. He predicted that zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or zero eight one two one eight seven 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 and www.facebook.com forward slash JFM Joss and off Twitter at JFM Joss. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. All right, do well to call us back. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. All right, numbers to call zero nine zero five five six 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 nine nine or zero eight one two one eight seven 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 seven. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Chief America, good morning. That's Comrade Bernard on the line this morning. Good morning, Comrade Bernard. Comrade Bernard, go I ahead. I appreciate the. The patriotic Nigerians there. Thank you very much. Those who say the truth are patriotic Nigerians. Mm. I don't know whether we have been bewitched. <laughs> I see some people making implications of an economic tsunami Nigerians are passing through. Where has it happened? Let me tell you, before I'm engaged on any attack, they have what they call rule of engagement. What is a methodology? of introducing this type of policy now. But by the way, is it only social mover that Nigerians can maintain status quo when we know that whether we like it or not? Petro remains the mainstay of Nigerian economy because we are focused on the mono economy. Mm. You get and grab cash and carry, you go, nobody think beyond the box. And somebody who came to say, let you be on the box, you coerce him. But that's a different ballgame. Abigail, what's happening in the presidential district tribunal? We can't hear it in their platforms. I mean, are you people who want not to tell what to do? Because many things are happening. Yes, definitely. We would always bring you updates when we get information. So you have to keep your dice locked on to J101.9 FM. So oh, we will do that that's for you. That's very beautiful. Please, and please tell you something. We cannot, you know, there are policies that. Palliative, so-called palliative, cannot solve. Mm. They are too excruciating. Look at what the government do. Okay, we are talking about government security. When we are depriving people from going to school, when we are angry, why can you stand in your country and become happy with that country? All right, that come you here, Brennan, you're going to help seven. us wrap up your charts so that um, other colors can I, be I part mean, of the show. You remove this for, but you know we have Nigeria. Please, please, Abigail. Yeah. We have Nigeria who died today. In all of all with that, you get to do something trillion in their account. Can't we have the economic summit and call them Nazio when we remove the Nigeria? It's not because we don't have fidelity in human life in this country. We go and die, they don't care. Tie your bed, tie your bed, but they have billions in real life. I think yeah. they are busy EU. EU is going to. EU is. Switzerland is part of EU. They are busy. They are going to see their Good morning, have a nice day. Thank you so much. Bless you too. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. 
Good morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Thank you, Amusa Ike Kalu, calling me from Angorogo. All right, please go ahead. You see, whether we like it or not, the situation we find ourselves is uncomfortable. Mm. But what I'm advising with Nigerians is that it's too early to be saying to throw, a be- to throw away the baby with the bad water. Yeah. We should give this people chance. Me and you, we should have what we can sacrifice so that the country can move ahead. Mm. The greatest problem we have in this country is that it means myself. What do I have for myself? Mm. We don't think about our future. Let me tell you, I'm a truck driver and I've been using kids right from Mopas and Joseph the removal of the kids of sex. We bought this up to the extent of 1,000 1, other people. Mm. We have been cutting. Up to today, we, have, we are living. Whether we like it or not, we should exercise patience. It does not, not, nothing good comes so easy. A journey of 1,000 miles starts with one sex. We should be able to give them time. It's not the way the state governor now in place is saying. Mm. We should live in peace and we should give them chance to fix this thing. We so so Nigerians, Nigerians should be patient, is that what you're saying? That is what it is. We should be comparing ourselves with other nations. The same thing they are facing. We are, we are, our own is even less, my sister. Mm. Thank you. All right, thank you, Aiki Kalu, for your contribution. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Africa, good morning. Good morning, welcome to the show. What's your name and where are you calling us from? Good morning, sir. Mecca and the guests in the studio. Good morning. Uh, Madam Queen, calling from Abadjan. Mm. Go ahead in, in 30 seconds, please. You see, in every government, all they tell us is to be present. Mm. And uh, Mr. President has said that uh, they should not suffocate the poor. But it's suffocating the poor. Because this issue of uh, removal of uh, subsidies yeah. has caused a lot of problems in the country. And the worst of it all now is the poor, because the only hope of a poor man is when the children go to school. There is hope for a better tomorrow. And today now they are removing the subsidy from the from the education. Yes. So we're so in everything that concerns the poor man, there will be no subsidy. The poor man cannot breathe. Now they are suffocating the poor by removing the subsidy because I know that a lot of Nigeria, when they talk about school dropouts, this is just the beginning. Because I know that many parents, even me, Abigail, I will not lie to you. Yeah. For me to pay over a hundred thousand for school fee for only one person, I know that that would be difficult for me. I have to sweat to do that. Then I can still see other people. You know, Nigeria is, we, 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 we all hands are not the same. Mm, so that's very now, true. What is the hope of, where is the hope of a common man? Now Nigeria is in prison. Because this government has now put us in bondage. They mm. have now, they have now sent us to, to prison. So now I want to ask, what is our JTM now? How long are we going to be in this day? Because they have removed the subsidy for how long? For how long are we going to be in this situation? Mm. Nigeria needs to know. And let the, I, I am begging the government that to subsidize education. Because if they remove 
uh, subsidy from education is going to bring chaos in this country. Thank you so much, Madam Queen. We'll head on to our social media platform for your comments. On Facebook, as so Bagun Francis says, the palliative to be given to the poor as a result of subsidy removal is taken too far by the government and the life challenges is going on unabated, ravaging humanity and the cry of and the cry of school fees increments by the school authority is unacceptable. Albert Akaya Dagza says, there is no form of palliative that the government will give that will cushion or give a lasting solution to the burden of the subsidy removal than fixing the Nigerian refineries to make ease uh, to make easy access to the products void of dollar influence. And he also says, if Dangote can do it, what stops the almighty federal government? Um, Comrades Dawah says, the best thing this administration will do for Nigerians is to take urgent actions on the issue of fuel scarcity and tackle the insecurity in this country. Then they will be forever, then they will be forever remembered and more power should be given to the state governors on the issue of insecurity. And he always as he says, let us continue to pray for God's wisdom for His Excellency Barrister Caleb. Coombs Willing says, Coombs Willing, forgive me, says, Good morning, not good morning. Nothing left again remained for them to carry. Okay, um, King Willing, calm down. He's um, quite angry. He says, Nigeria is suffering seriously. Hmm. Suleiman Jibril says, Always my prayer is that may Almighty Allah give us good leaders who have Nigeria at heart. Sam Muir says, It is very insulting and disgusting. The Nigerian government is giving 8,000 hours to the less privileged that can't even buy half bag of rice, neither corn, because corn now is cost is more expensive than rice. King Cruz Hypeman says it is very disrespectful and insulting that the Nigerian government haven't given palliative up till now. This is not fair, he adds. Omodan Machi says, sincerely, the politicians have woefully conquered us, but for how long? A piece that promised change, other Buhari came to enslave us. Tinubu has come to continue Buhari slavery. Nigeria would never get better under this incompetent old man, he says, and sad indeed. Boykiz Nimlan says, no serious government gives cash to people, and no country that doesn't enjoy palliative. Let's be serious here. And I says today um, bread will officially increase in price because of increments in ingredients no one is doing anything about it and palliative to states I don't trust their policies I take that one of bread really personally even though I do not like bread but it, it, <laughs> it's, it's, going to it's the common us. man's food and uh, it's maybe, going maybe to we'll increase in, enjoy evolution in price quite interesting and mercy are you saying that money should be used to employ our unemployed youth into various ministries because most of our ministries are empty without manpower so that every household have a graduate to contribute to the economy speaking of uh, ministries and employing more people Hmm. i saw today that the benue state governor discovered or according to him has saved 1.2 billion naira the first month because of ghost workers. Ghost workers. So maybe our problem is not that people are not working. Maybe you have more you have more ghost workers. I, I feel workers. like I feel like um, if if they do the proper audit that is supposed to go on in ministries um, and they allow them to go 
do their job, you discover the amount of ghost workers that we have in ministries. I'm sure even on the plateau right here. Oh, of course, it, it's, uh, it's, it's it not is everywhere. It spreads across. Um, Dr. Dagwan, before like, we leave like, this year. Like for me, the issue of uh, employing for the ministries, uh, mm. not after that. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you're increasing cost of governance the more. Mm. Uh, rather, you should use that money and create an enabling environment for private sector to thrive. What kind of enabling environments can the government possibly create in the short term? Let's say in the next six months. What kind yeah. of environments can they Infrastructure. Create? What kind of infrastructure? Can you build roads in six months? No, you cannot. No, no, no. Infrastructure must in, be. In what, like what even, kind of infrastructures? In, like even IT infrastructure for other private sector. You know, players that in the IT you know industry can now get the business to do. You see, the whole thing about government is not all about employing, but government is to provide the enabling environment for the private. Economies are being driven by the private sector. You are in the private sector. If today we have enabling environment and then the market is there, we have more radio stations. But, more but, 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 the, but the government has cut taxes on, on, on you know has done some on tax every, reduction on every sector, especially for example the, um, the what you call telecommunications. Have some tax reduction is that not good enough? It's good enough. It's good enough, which is an incentive for to, to boost, uh, you know, the business in telecom. Yeah. So, and that is what we need, not for government to employ people into ministries. You increase the cost of governance. All right. I want to thank you so much, Dr. Dagon, for coming on the show this morning. Come ten o'clock, the news comes up. But you want to keep your eyes locked on to J One One Point Nine FM. From myself, have a lovely morning, and from Emekel, stay out of trouble and spread love. Good morning. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.